Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. To understand um, what I had said about the final um, test that you guys would be having to wrap up what we have went over so far. Um, what I was saying was we will have a final test and on that final test we will start from the beginning of discipleship. You have test one through test seven plus what I am going to review tonight is going to be on the final. Test one through verse seven you already have those tests. Some of you already have them. And then what I'm reviewing on tonight is going to be on the final. Then we're going to go into something else, which I said was salvation. So that's what we will be doing. So remember, if you got all your tests back, you review those tests, plus what I'm going to go over tonight, then that's your final. Amen. And that is for the ones that have signed up for discipleship class. The final is for the ones that have signed up for discipleship class. The ones that are leaders that watch online that did not sign up, or if you're sitting in here and did not sign up, you will have a test, which will be test eight, that you will take to know that you still in alignment with what I'm teaching. Do everybody understand? There is a difference between the ones that have signed up and the ones that are leaders and co-leaders and teachers. There is a difference for the ones that have not signed up. We still want to be on one accord. Everybody understand? If you don't speak now, forever hold your peace because we want to be on one accord. Amen. So tonight, I'm going back over where we were um, last Tuesday, and I talked about um, temptation. And what I talked about is why do Christians sin? Why do Christians sin if that sin nature has been crucified? And the real reason why Christians sin it's not because they have that sin nature that's compelling them and driving them to sin. It is because of temptation. We all are tempted with some, by someone or something. And I know that's an amen. All of us in this, in this church have been tempted by someone or something. So when we look at temptation, it is the state of being tempted or enticed to evil. Temptation, the state of being tempted or enticed to evil. And I talked about Genesis 3, um, 
this is, y'all know this is when um, Adam and Eve was in the garden. And both of them did not have a sin nature. They um, did not have a sin nature. So what the enemy did, he came in and he tempted them. Well, tempted Eve. So he, he only had to get one. And that one got the other. Isn't that how it works sometimes? If you hanging with a person and the enemy coming at you, if he gets you, then you're going to lure somebody else. So he got two for one. So we always have to be careful and know what the word is saying. So know that he could not go on the inside because of their spirit. Our spirit is what's born of God. The part that Satan come in is to get our soul. That's our mind, our will, and our emotion. He gets your soul, your body is going to follow. So he came from outside in. So that means he uh, told them um, something. Well, he went on what God told them not to do. He used that very thing God told them not to do, and he tempted them with that. How many of us have been tempted by something we were told not to do? And we knew we should not have done it. But the more we look at that thing, the more we get enticed to have that thing that we're looking at. Like a chocolate chip cookie. Everybody see a chocolate chip cookie? Some people may say, I don't like chocolate chip cookies. But if somebody put that cookie there long enough and you get hungry, that cookie going to go missing. <laughs> and you realize that I didn't even want it. But the more I looked at it, flesh desired to have it. That's with anything or anybody. And, and another thing is you can't partnership with sin. If you know someone that you're hanging around that is a Christian and they're running off at the mouth and they're saying things that are not true and you're sitting there listening to what they're saying, you being enticed to sin, you being tempted by what they're doing and what they're saying, and it's not even about you. So we have to be careful in all areas when it comes to temptation. The enemy will use whomever and whatever he want to use to tempt us. Another thing is television. It will tempt, tempt us all day long. When we should be in our word. Some of us spend more time with the television than we do with the word of God. We can tell people what's going on more with the television, more with other things than we can with the word of God. We can spend more time trying to figure out how we're going to better ourselves on our job. Instead of spending more time in the word of God so we can live to show people the glory of God on our jobs. So temptation comes in all kinds of shapes forms it doesn't matter the enemy know your weaknesses so he's going to use that against you to tempt you and lure you in to what he wants you to do which is sin so when we look at hebrews 4 15 it's talking about jesus it says for we do not have an high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses so jesus can sympathize with our weaknesses because he know that there are some weak areas in our lives before we came to Jesus, only thing we knew was sin. Some of us say, you know, no, I didn't do nothing bad, but you were still a sinner. Because you, you were still born in sin, shape, you know, in sin your mother conceived you. So sin was there. 
So even though you did things that other people did, you didn't do things other people did, you were still considered a sinner until you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And Satan was your father. And the things that your father did, that's what you did. You may not have done them um, out like everybody else, but you had some secret stuff that you was doing that people didn't know about. So they thought you were okay. So we have to understand that Jesus said he know all of our weaknesses. But, but it says, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted just like we were, but he had no sin. That sin nature was not there. But Jesus did not fall prey to sin. You remember in Matthew, the fourth chapter, what happened with Jesus? Each time that Satan came to tempt Jesus with the lust of the world, you know, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, Jesus didn't fall for none of it. He just brought forth the word of God. Do you think that we would ever be in a position to not fall for what Satan want us to do? I do. Because we have a will, we have a choice. And if we live according to the word of God and our focus is more on the word than on what we want or what it appeared to be, we can live a holy, we can live a righteous life. And people will know who we serve without us telling them because we're not participating in what everybody else is participating in. Some people may have, in, when they were in the world, they loved to dance. I remember Tiffany was telling me, about that so I believe the enemy would use that weakness with Tiffany because sometime when you around things that you used to doing you may walk into um a restaurant and all of a sudden somebody say may say that's my jam and they start dancing all around all of a sudden they realize oh god is that still in me because <laughs> you, you're popping your fingers you're, you're, you're patting your feet then next thing you know, you're singing along with the people. And then you're like, what in the world? What, the, what, what in the world? Some Christian folks are still doing it. Some Christian folks are going over the song in their head while they're sitting with you, jamming in their head. Yeah, it happens. So we got to be so careful with the things that we're tempted with. I'm, I'm hearing this. Married couples. You're in the world and not of the world. So when you come out of the world, when he's, he's brought you out of darkness and put you in the marvelous light, which is the kingdom of God, and you're married, and let's say you want to spice up your married life, and all of a sudden you go get some berry white to spice up the night, and you're telling people it's okay. We married now. It ain't okay. Because you bringing the devil in your room. You bringing the spirit of perversion in your room. Tell me if you were in the world listening to Barry White. And now that you say, do that give you the right to still listen to Barry White? It does not. But Christians justify that. They said it's okay to listen to those songs. Turn out the light. Let's light a candle. Who is that? Who? See, everybody know Teddy. Teddy Pendergrass. Spirit of perversion right there in your bedroom. And your husband is wondering, what in the world going on with you? You sure is different. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And whatever you start, you're going to have to continue to keep it up because you started it. So that's temptation. That's putting that before you. And then people try to justify that and say, we married. It's okay to do that. The devil is a liar. And the truth ain't in him. So anything that you did in the world, why do we try to justify to bring it into our lives now that we're saved? What is it? What's up with that? That's the devil bringing temptation. And what he'll do, he got to use, just like he used Eve, he got to use one or the other to make the the husband or the wife feel guilty to make you think that this is what you're supposed to do. But when you know the truth, and you know that the truth has set you free, outside of the husband and outside of the wife, you're going to say, devil, you leaving this bedroom. Everything shuts right off. So you got to be the bigger person. You cannot do it just because a man or a woman tell you it's okay when you know what the word of God says. That's being tempted. So we look at James 1 verse 13 through 15. It says, let no one say, y'all hear that? Let no one say, when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. If it's evil in the midst of you, do not say, God is testing me. God don't do that. He doesn't do that. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Whatever your own desire is. Whatever you've been watching, whatever you've been eating, whatever you've been doing, that thing is enticing you to sin. The Bible says, then when desire has conceived, when that lust, when that desire that you have been going after, when you become pregnant with it, that's when sin comes into play. Sin does not come into play. If you don't give it a foothold, if you don't lure it into your house, and then it says it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown. Y'all know sin got to be full grown first. Full grown brings forth death. So this is why we got to be so careful with all kinds of temptation. There's a temptation that the enemy uses with each and every one of us, which is a weakness. And I'm going to say that again, because some of us in this room have, all of us in this room have a weakness that the enemy plays on. And if we give him a foothold, and if we entertain that, we're being enticed to do it. I'm going to say something else that's, that I'm hearing. We need to learn when to shut our mouths. The Bible says, be quick to hear, slow slow to speak, quick to hear. Is that right? Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Right. If you're quick to hear, you're going to be slow to speak. Then you ain't going to open up the door to wrath. But if you got a weakness in you that you always blow up and be angry all the time, the enemy know who to send to your house. And knock on your door and look like an angel of light. He know what button to push. 
And he's going to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Sometimes your mate can be that angel of light. And the devil can use him or her till they push your button and all of a sudden you done slap them. And then after the slap, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Yes, you did. So it's a lot of stuff that we can be tempted with. So temptation is um, what a Christian, what the devil used to make people think. Let me back up. The sin nature is gone. But as a Christian, you will be tempted. But that's not the sin nature. That's the enemy using things to tempt you to sin. Number two is an unrenewed mind. We know this scripture well. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So in order for our body to be holy and acceptable unto God, and in order for us to make our bodies a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable unto God, this is what we have to do. And be not conformed. Be not conformed to this world. You cannot be conformed to what the world is doing. You cannot be molded into the patterns. You can't be adapting the patterns of what the world is doing. But then he give you the answer. But be ye transformed. That means changed. By the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when you renew your mind, you're going to know what's acceptable. You're going to know what's good. Um, and what the perfect will of God is. This is why we have some Christians that you see doing stuff that does not glorify God, but yet they say they're saved. The more you renew your mind to who you are now that you're in him, I believe the less temptation you will have. You're going to be tempted until Jesus come. But that temptation is not going to be like it used to be because you're growing up now. You knowing who you are. You know what's acceptable. You know what God like and you know what God don't like. And even if you do get tempted and you fall, you're going to rise back up. You're going to have a change of heart. You're going to have a change of mind because you know what the word is saying. And you're going to put God above what you're doing or how you're doing it. Because whatever we do, if we have children, we're raising those children up in the same way, letting them know this is acceptable when it's not acceptable. So these are the things that the enemy is using, temptation and an unrenewed mind. And that's making people think that that sin nature is still there and it's compelling us and driving us to sin. No, it's temptation and an unrenewed mind. Because that sin nature left behind some habits, a way of doing things outside of the will and way of God. So we have to be very careful. What solves that is getting into the word of God, knowing what the word of God is saying and living according to what the word of God is saying. Sometimes it can be oppressed to do it, but I guarantee you, if you shut off some things in your life and put that word before those things that you're doing, if I gave a survey in this room tonight and said, what do you spend most of your time doing? What would be the top thing that you spend most of your time doing in the run of a day? What would be first and foremost? Social media. Anybody else? 
Hmm? Reading, anybody else? TV, anybody else? See, she in the Word. She's listening to the ministers. That's, that's, that's the majority of her day. But what is the number one thing that we do more than getting into the Word? Everybody have a number one thing that they put first. Gloria? Uh-huh. Come on. You can say something because I'm asking the question if you want to say it. You need to watch Mike, honey. I think they want to hear you. This is the things that we have to realize. If you evaluate your lifestyle, what's first in your life? What's first and foremost? Is it God or is it your activities? Um, the job I have, I have liberty to be able to just be me and bring forth whatever it is that I can do to help the people and what I've always told them and I told them um, that I had fell off and wasn't doing like I was supposed to do but I told them when I'm in that place you know with the Lord when I get up in the morning and the first thing I do is start spending time with him in his word and getting to know him and getting to know him so to the point that it's just me and him. And when I look up, like a, a lot of time have went by and I didn't even realize I had spent that much time with him because I want him. And so I tell my people, if I'm in the word like that, like I'm supposed to, and I'm getting up and I'm getting in the word, and I'm trying to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. When I leave the house, God is going to lead me and guide me in the way that I should go. And then when I get the word, I'm putting it on my ears. And I'm listening to it as I'm, um, you know, working, you know, in the office. And then when I get ready to leave the office, it's playing in my car. So I'm... I'm um, that way, I'm being more sensitive to the spirit of the Lord instead of, you know, the flesh. And so sometimes when I go into a place, like what I started doing, excuse me, was asking the Lord before I even go into a place. I don't know what this person needs, but I know you know. And so God will show me what to be able to, you know, give to the people. And so I work in a field where people have a lot of psychological stuff going on. And, you know, coming from that and actually being in there and experiencing, you know, the voices, the seeing the stuff, and um, the cutting and all of that, I have liberty. So it's like I'm getting paid to do full-time ministry, but... My aim is not the money, because I always tell my employer, and especially now because I told y'all God really touched me. When I say he touched me, it was like he quickened me. You can't go where you used to go. You can't say what you used to say. You can't 
be, go where I tell you to go. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm here. What do you want? It makes a difference when you get in the word. You get in it so much, you want it morning, noon, and night. I make my own schedule. And so what I did was on Tuesdays, I really got them, I shortened my day so that I could be here at Bible study, ready to hear what the spirit of the Lord is going to say to the church. And so the other day I was on the phone with um, one of my friends from work and we were talking and uh, we were talking about the Lord and he was being glorified and me and her both, she was like, well, I'm home and I'm about to get in the word. And I told her, I said, well, I got to get off the phone with you because I got to go in here and get in my word and see what the Lord is saying to me. I might holler back at you later and I might not, but it makes a difference because my heart has been turned from what I want to what Jesus wants. And you will be so sensitive to the Lord that you, it ain't about money no more. It ain't about nothing else but him because nobody can do for you what Jesus could do for you. I'm a living witness. Amen. Um, as Gloria was talking, the Lord was reminding me, how can you miss what you never had? If you're never in the word of God, you don't miss it because you, you don't go in it. So that's something that is not a priority to you. But the more you go into the word of God and the word get in you, you got to have it. You can't leave your house without it. That's your first priority. It, you always saying, Lord, here I am. Lord, what do you want for today? And it may be five minutes that you take a side just for him. Say, God, I, may, I, I woke up late. I'm in a rush, but I'm going to stop. And I'm going to see what, what you want, Lord. Because God know your heart. He know you're just not stopping just to say you've done something. But he hear your heartfelt cry when it come to him. People have hardened hearts when it come to God. They're more sensitive to the ways of the world than they are to the things of God. I have learned I have to be before. I have to, y'all. It's a must. My main priority when my feet hit the floor is me and Jesus. Because I got to hear what he have to say. And the, mo the majority is deal with me first before I can deal with others. God, show me me first. Deal with me, because if you don't deal with me, if somebody hit me wrong today, I'm going to deal with them. So you got to deal with me, Lord. Show me my blockers. Show me what's in my way. And God will show you things in the word that you've seen before, but it's a light that shines upon that word. So today as I was um, getting things um, ready for Bible study, it was on my heart again about Halloween. Because tonight is the night that people go out trick-or-treating. And I said, Lord, what else can I say to them about Halloween that some people don't really know? I said, you know, we talk about the origin and how Halloween come about. And the Lord began to tell me this. He said, if people are in my word, it don't matter what day it is. If it ain't of me, you don't participate. That's how he said it. He said, you don't even have to go into an origin of how it originated. My word tell you that you cannot fellowship with the works of darkness. 
The word tells you that you separate yourself. You don't be among that. Anything that represents darkness, you don't be among it. And you don't try to flip the switch and have trick or trunk. So you can still participate. He said, I'm about light. I am not about darkness. And wherever you go, I go. And whatever you do, other people are going to do because you doing it. It don't matter if you looking like a princess. So he said, you know the difference if you're in my word. You're not going to participate with the works of darkness. And I'm going to give you a scripture. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 13. This is not going to be on the test. When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, don't learn to do the hateful, detestable, abominable things the other nations do. Don't let anyone among you offer a son or daughter as a sacrifice in the fire. Don't let anyone use magic, divination, witchcraft, or try to explain the meaning of signs, sorcery. Don't let anyone try to control others with magic, cast spells, and don't let them be mediums, consult, inquire of ghosts or spirits, or try to talk with the spirits or consult dead people. The Lord hates, detests anyone who does these things because the other nations do these things. The Lord your God would force them out of the land ahead of you, but you must be innocent, blameless in the presence of the Lord your God. Let me break it down in the New Testament. Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. In the past, you were full of darkness, but now you are full of light in the Lord. So live, walk like children who belong to the light. Light brings for the fruit of light every kind of goodness, right living, and truth. Try to learn, discern, test, and prove what pleased the Lord. Have nothing to do with Take no part in the things done in darkness, which are not worth anything unfruitful, but show that they are wrong. If you're in your word, you should know the difference. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And if we live according to the word and we're letting our light shine, people are going to know who we're living for. Amen. Do we have any announcements at this time? Amen, amen. No announcements. Najina? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.